in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Hans Peltner. In today's program we have an interview with the German Federal Minister of Health and a musical introduction to the new album by Apparat. So stay tuned. But first, the news. Radio Goethe Magazine. The news with Nina Paula. Berlin. Concerned about reports of an increased terrorism danger level in Germany, security officials and politicians are pushing to expand the anti-terrorism measures. The Frankfurter Allgemeine Sonntagszeitung said the German Interior Ministry knew about 14 Islamists from Germany who had been in Pakistan or were still there. It added that authorities were calculating that more individuals from Germany would be trained in Al-Qaeda-run terrorist camps. A new quality in threat to Germany. Flossenbürg. In one of the forgotten concentration camps of World War II, a new exhibition has opened. It tells the story of those who were incarcerated and who lost their lives there. The small town on the German-Czech border was the location for one of the Nazis' 12 largest concentration camps. After the war, the camp and its history slowly slipped into oblivion. Berlin. The capital's celebrated art scene got richer this week with paintings by Picasso, Matisse and Klee. The artworks come as a loan from the son of the collector Heinz Berggrün, who died in February. The masterpieces will be displayed at the Berggrün Museum in Berlin, which is located opposite to Schloss Charlottenburg. The artworks of Berggrün are considered as one of the most important private collections of modern art in the world. Hanau. After 113 years, the FC Hanau and the BFC Victoria Berlin play for the German league title of 1894. In this year, both sides were primed to win the German championship title. But Hanau could not afford to travel to the capital for the deciding game. As a result, BFC Victoria were awarded the title without even having to muddy their boots. Now Hanau and Berlin play for the moral victory. Berlin. The German actor Ulrich Mühe is dead. He died of stomach cancer two days after his 54th birthday. Last year, Ulrich Mühe received the Best Actor Award at the European Film Award for his Stasi-Agent role in Das Leben der Anderen. A few days ago, the German Federal Minister for Health, Ulla Schmidt, was in San Francisco. Her delegation visited several facilities over here and they had long talks at Kaiser Permanente. I talked to the minister before her departure. Madam Minister, a couple of days ago, Michael Moore's latest movie, Sicko, came to the movie theaters. The film deals with the broken healthcare system in the United States. What are you, as the German Minister of Health, doing in the United States? We're talking about what we can learn from each other. 
In the United States, there is a fragmented healthcare system, if I may call it that from an outside perspective. But there are also some good options. For example, we visited Kaiser Permanente here, where they try to offer good managed care through a nonprofit insurance company. Therefore, the issue of quality, managed care, the question of investment and prevention, all that we can take back to Germany. The U.S. can surely learn from Germany that it is right for a good healthcare system to introduce universal health insurance. And if I see this right, there is a discussion going on about this. It was said that Michael Moore should have looked much closer to the German or Australian system for his movie. What would you suggest for the American system? I think it is the right way for the Americans to introduce universal insurance for all. I was told that six and a half million people in California are without any insurance. That doesn't mean they don't receive treatment. They can go to the emergency room. If they are poor, they have Medicaid or something like that. But it is not possible to have a coordinated treatment for chronically sick patients or to offer prevention and rehabilitation to cover all and to make sure that illnesses are optimally treated. The American system is expensive, and I think one reason for that is that so many people are uninsured, because to go to the emergency rooms when you're sick is way more expensive than a primary care provider where patients can go and get early treatment. How was the reaction of your American counterparts when you talked about the German system? Did you get the impression that people want to change something over here? Also, die die Reaktionen sind schon so, dass wir viele Partner gesprochen haben, die glauben, dass Versicherungsschutz eingeführt werden muss. The reactions are that we talked to many partners that are sure that universal health insurance has to be introduced. But I have to say there are others as well who say actually we should have it, but that would be too expensive. It seems to me that the current discussion is mostly about how you can cover everyone with the system in place. But you can see in the debate coming from the governor of California or from the Democrats that they have new ideas. And I can only support everyone to have a meaningful discussion. Long term, there has to be universal insurance coverage because the society is getting older. And with medical science, we are able to treat more and more chronic illnesses. And if you want all this, it is important to focus early on disease management. You need the access for all to medical options and not just when you have an emergency. Disease Management auf den Weg bringt und dazu braucht man den uneingeschränkten Zugang aller auch zur medizinischen Leistung und nicht nur dann, wenn der Notfall eingetreten ist. You had talks here with Kaiser Permanente, an insurer who is also a provider. What do you think about this concept and is this something for Germany as well? I don't think you can just take over this concept because we have a different culture. But it's comparable to the public insurance system, only we have 230 different providers. But all the insured have access to all doctors that work with the insurance companies. 
No one in Germany would require an AOK patient to just go to an AOK doctor. We had that in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and we got rid of it because we wanted all those insured to have access everywhere to all doctors and hospitals. What we can learn from Kaiser Permanente is that there is an obvious and close connection between doctors and non-doctors, such as nurses and case managers. We also learned about non-doctors counseling for prevention and behavior changes, such as working with diabetic patients to quit smoking, be active, and change their diet. These are good ideas and also something that we have discussed in Germany. The criticism over here is quite often that a lot of work in the hospitals is done by nurses' assistants that are not well trained. And in Germany this is discussed as well that this might be a way to go to rely more on nurses' assistants. What do you think about this? You have case managers and you have classically trained nurses here, just like we have. But in addition to that, you have jobs in which you don't need highly qualified nurses, such as in the case of the care of dementia patients. These are always different professions, different trainings, and also short-term trainings. I think a good healthcare system can only work if you coordinate everything. We need doctors for that, but also nurses, and they can do more than they are allowed to do today in Germany. They can only do what the doctor delegates, and we need to talk about what they can do freely. So we need to talk about what has to be done to have the patient as the center point and ensure that the arrangements are for the better of the patient. I had the impression at Kaiser Permanente that there is a lot being done. We are discussing this in Germany and have laid the legal groundwork to make this possible. But you always need the participants, the doctors, and the nurses who come along and say, we want that change for the patients, and we need a system that is sustainable in the future. My wife works in the field of public health to strengthen health prevention, meaning away from just the treatment and moving more towards the change of the socio-economic environment. The question is, with health reform in Germany, how much was it possible to include these important parts? We have consequent versucht, den ganzen Bereich der Gesundheitsversorgung auszurichten, auch auf Prävention und Rehabilitation. Ist ja beides notwendig. We have tried to focus the health system towards prevention and rehabilitation. Both are very important. With the reform 2007, we have strengthened worksite prevention, because most of the time during one's life is spent on the job. With laws, we have made worksite prevention a requirement for insurance companies in cooperation with the companies and the accident insurers. Vaccinations are now required by law and covered by insurance companies. We have strengthened self-health groups because they play an important role in prevention. We have made mother-father-children retreats a requirement for insurance companies, and we decided that all people, regardless of their age, have a right to prevention and rehabilitation, including older dementia patients, with a goal of independence to the extent possible. Right now we are working on a law to support prevention, because insurance companies can only offer individual solutions. But what we need is the setting or fundamental idea that we go into neighborhoods, the kindergartens, the retirement homes, and make it possible for the insurers, the state, and the participants to work together right there and to make sure that it is quality prevention.
präventive Maßnahmen umsetzen können und wie wir gleichzeitig dafür sorgen, dass das qualitätsgestützt ist und auch solche Programme evaluiert werden. Is a trip like this to the United States also a kind of reality check or to see firsthand what shouldn't be done in Germany? Ach, es, es geht immer darum, dass man, ich glaube, man kann überall voneinander lernen, das ist das eine. Es geht aber auch darum... I think you can always learn from one another, but it's also important for our two countries to exchange experiences and work together in certain fields. And sometimes it's important to clarify misunderstandings, for example, the German medication law that is discussed over here as well. What I realize is that it is not just in the U.S., but also in other countries, many are looking to the German system with a high opinion and high hopes. That gives me the confidence to say that what we're doing can't be all wrong if other countries are thinking that there are things they can learn from Germany. We should sometimes be more self-confident. Many in Germany have the impression of the American system that the medical science is high while the care is not acceptable. What was your impression? The fact is that 46 million Americans are without any health insurance. And if I take California, where every fourth person is without any coverage, you can walk through the streets and count one, two, three, four. That is a lot, and this has something to do with dignity and access to freedom. This is a country that cherishes freedom, and good medical care is part of being free. Therefore, I applaud the discussions about it that can be found everywhere. It's not like the people don't see the negative side of it, and you can't overlook that more and more companies pull out of the health system. Here you have a different system than in Germany. Here the companies were responsible, and Medicare and Medicaid were established for elders and children. But if you see that more and more companies pull out because of downsizing, you have to find a new way. We did that in Germany and have established mandatory insurance this year. I can only support the Americans to find smart solutions. This is not easy. There have to be compromises, but you need to go ahead step by step. Die Amerikaner nur darin unterstützen, auch hier nach vernünftigen Lösungen zu finden. Das ist nicht einfach. Das werden sicherlich Kompromisse sein müssen, aber Schritt bei Schritt muss man nach vorne gehen. Healthcare reform in Germany wasn't an easy process. You were harshly criticized by doctors, pharmacists and even the insured. How do you deal with this? Nee, man muss immer wissen, wo Kritik berechtigt ist. Well, you have to see where the criticism is valid and where criticism becomes the work of lobbyists. And if you have done this job as long as I have, you get used to it. I try to see what is personal and what is aimed for every health minister on the job. If you look at the criticism in the last hundred years, it was always the same. Every reform in Germany was framed by others as the absolute catastrophe for the German medical profession. The system will break apart, people are not allowed to participate anymore, there are no doctors, no nurses, the hospitals and drugstores will be closed. The fact is, everyone in Germany is taking part in an innovation that is comprehensive. Nowhere is it asked, what kind of insurance company do you have? If you need a transplant, you get one as long as there is an organ available. If you have a tumor, you will get everything. We have prevention and rehabilitation, and the system is still sustainable.
If you take the German hospitals, they are always number one regarding investments and innovation. So if the criticism is not fundamentally about the reforms, you can be a bit relaxed and live quite well with all the criticism. You were the Minister for Health under the Red-Green-Schröder government. Now you have the same job in the Grand Coalition of Chancellor Merkel. How did your job change? In der Großen Koalition ist es anders, weil man zwei Partner hat, die relativ gleichberechtigt sind. In the Grand Coalition is different because you have two partners that are almost equal. If you look at the Red-Green Coalition, we had quite the same goals and health issues. We wanted a citizen's insurance for all, and we wanted to overcome the split between mandatory and private so that all participate in the financing of the system. That is different with the conservatives. We have fundamental differences, therefore we have to find compromises. But we had to do that before as well, because the Red-Green needed the approval of the Bundesrat, the second chamber. So it is somehow similar. Is the grand coalition of the conservative CDU, CSU and the Social Democrats, SPD, a makeshift or could it be a political chance to finalize important reforms and how do you see the future of the grand coalition also ich sehe sie nicht als notlösung es ist erstens das einzige ergebnis gewesen was die wähler gewählt haben i don't see it as makeshift first it was the only result that the voters wanted I also think we achieved a lot of reforms on the way. If it is about retirement with 67, that had to be. We all live longer, and everyone is living for another good 20 years after they retire. So you have to look at how you can spread the money out over more time. It can't be in the end that you get more money out of the system than you paid in. The next generation cannot pay for that. We have introduced health care reform that leads to more competition and quality. We have started investment programs where you can see 1,100 new jobs every day. We have a budget that is better than ever before. It all has something to do with Gerhard Schroeder's reform agenda 2010. Therefore, I think the Grand Coalition is not a wanted one. It's always easier to work with a smaller partner, but it's also had a lot of opportunities to get things done. But of course, in the next election campaign, the fight is on that our party resumes the position of chancellor. Therefore, we remain political opponents in the debate as well.
Made in Germany is a series on Radio Goethe where Tim Thaler of Three Hats Radio in Berlin introduces from time to time new releases from the German electronica scene. Today it's about the new album of Apparat. Made in Germany. The expectations on this album have been quite high because after all there was a massive hype about the last album of Sascha Ring, also known as Apparat. Orchestra of Bubbles was the name of the last project he did together with Berlin Techno Queen or can we say Granny in the meantime? I don't know. Alan Alien. And now Apparat is back with his new and own long player called Waves. For this reason there's a nice little feature on the German Groove magazine. There you can read that Apparat never likes his own productions and that this time he even didn't want to take the trouble to decide if his tracks are finished or not. He flew over from Berlin to the US to visit Josh Ortiz from the group Telefon Tel Aviv. Apparat passed his tracks over to Josh and flew back to Berlin. There he just had to wait for Josh's call and a few weeks later Josh called and told Apparat that now his tracks are finished. Well, whoever is in charge for what parts of which tracks on walls in the end, what counts is the result. And this is a massive mixture of melancholy paired with confidence. This spread on 13 tracks from which I would like to present you the most powerful one. This is Hold On, taken from Walls, the new album of Apparat. And that's it for this time. Thanks for tuning in Made in Germany. I'll be back soon here on Radio Goethe. Till then, Tim says bye bye. There's something alive in the room And I don't know what it's up to So blame it all on the moon And there's nothing we could do And I'd like to make this thing Happening It's happening So I'd like to make this thing Happening Is it happening? Hold on Yeah. <laughs>
Radio Goethe Magazine is also available as a podcast. Please find us on iTunes or just go to radiogoethe.org. I'm Arndt Peltner.